Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Smith Cyclopedia, the only show on the internet that is specifically tailored towards the sons and the heirs of a shyness that is criminally vulgar. Today, we are going to be uh, talking about Hatful of Hollow. Uh, we've talked a lot about uh, some things surrounding Hatful of Hollow recently, but uh, I wanted to have an episode specifically about it so that I could kind of gush a little bit more because it was my first like introduction to the Smiths, and so it definitely means a lot to me, and I know it is the same for a lot of people. Normally on the show, we have a guest host, but I am just going to be filling that role today. I know, I know, I know. Don't, don't boo yet. It'll still be a good episode. Don't worry, don't worry. I guess as well, we normally have like a short little interview uh, warm up section here. Um, so I thought uh, I would, I would play interviewer and interviewee this week. In Smith's news, the funniest thing to have happened is that a video of Morrissey tripping and falling down backwards uh, was posted on Instagram, and among those people that have liked it is one account called Johnny Margram, um, which is the official official Instagram account of the actual guitarist and songwriter and musical genius, Johnny Marr. (laughs) Easily, I think, some of the funniest news um, in their their little feud, uh, especially over the past couple of years. Um, Anyways, I think think that's terribly, terribly funny. Um, And then, as for me, personally... Um, I'll mention this a little bit more when we get into the um, the playlist section of the show. But I have an EP that comes out this very day that this episode will be coming out. It's called John Hughes' Thoughts, and essentially it is um, it is five songs um, that are about the sort of progression from misconception to head over heels love to frustration and then eventually to um well melancholia is uh part of the name of the last track um but i am very happy to release it it means a whole lot to me um a lot of the inspiration came from uh this idea of like well i watched far too many john hughes movies as an impressionable teenager and now i think my idea of love has been um misconceived um and so that's what a lot of that's what a lot of the the ep is about so please check it out on apple music spotify etc whatever um and i'll i'll talk about it more later um, but as for right now, shoot, we're still so early in the episode, but let's jump right in. Hatful of Hollow, uh, as I mentioned previously, is the album that really got me into the Smiths, and I feel like it's specifically designed that way. So a little bit of the history of Hatful of Hollow. 
uh, that we've touched on in a couple episodes prior. In early 1984, the Smiths released their debut album, and it receives a large amount of critical acclaim, and it is sold pretty well. I believe it reaches number two in the UK charts. Let me double check that real fast. All right, yes. So the Smiths' first album reaches number two on the UK albums chart. So it's a success. You could very easily say it's a success. And capitalizing on the success, they released two more singles, Heaven Knows I'm Miserable Now and William It Was Really Nothing. However, the Smiths saw a sort of disparity there in between the debut album and the singles that they've released. Despite the fact that it was critically and commercially well-received, the Smiths are just very... how do you put this? They want to make the best package. In fact, Morrissey, uh, in his autobiography, talks about this. Um, He says, I'm so troubled by the flatness of the idea that I present to Jeff, Travis, the idea of Hatful of Hollow, as an interim collection that might hopefully detain those scared off by the blunted thud of the Smiths. Even at the time, uh, 1984, Morrissey was talking about this idea pretty openly. Not so much that he was disappointed with, uh, with the debut, although he did mention that, but the sort of reason for Hatful of Hollow being so necessary. Uh, he said... A good portion of our mail contains imploring demands that we release versions of our songs that we recorded for Radio 1 sessions, and the band and I suddenly realized that we hadn't even proper-sounding tapes of them ourselves, except for a few dire bootlegs that we bought at our concerts. As far as we're concerned, those were the sessions that got us excited in the first place, and apparently it was how a lot of other people discovered us also. We decided to include the extra tracks from our 12-inch singles for people who didn't have all of those, and to make it completely affordable. And affordable it was, releasing at the time at essentially four pounds, three ninety nine, but a very, very affordable release, considering uh, the fact that it was a gatefold vinyl with sixteen total tracks. Incredible, I think. Morrissey also explained in another interview at the time. There seems to be a few aspects to it. The release of Hatful of Hollow. We wanted it released on purely selfish terms because we liked all those tracks and those versions. I wanted to present those songs again in the most flattering form. Those sessions almost caught the very heart of what we did. There was something positively messy about them, which was very positive. People are so nervous and desperate when they do those sessions, so it seems to bring the best out of them. Johnny Marr had a little bit more hesitation with it. He said later on in uh, 1997... At the time, I wasn't too sure about Hatful of Hollow being released. Although the radio sessions were great, I was keen for them to remain just being that. In hindsight, I realized there were certain tracks, particularly Handsome Devil, that had something the produced version just didn't. It's a very valid record. And really, I cannot disagree in the slightest. So what is Hatful of Hollow? We've we've thrown around a lot of these quotes and a lot of uh, what Morrissey and Johnny Marr have said. Hatful of Hollow is uh, what I heard someone once describe as a quasi-compilation record. Essentially what it is, is it's a collection of single releases, b-sides, and 
radio sessions from uh, BBC Radio 1, including sessions from the BBC Radio 1 shows, The John Peel Show and The David Jensen Show. Um, there's also a few others that weren't, uh, weren't released in the same way as their officially released versions. A good example of this would be the song Back to the Old House, which you can compare directly now by comparing it to the version on Louder Than Bombs, where the produced version is a little bit more uh, poppy and electric. The John Peel session is much more stripped back, acoustic, and soulful. This offered fans of the Smiths an opportunity to experience the songs differently than they had before. It was a proper compilation of essentially rarities, which is especially impressive for a band that had only released their first album and two singles beyond that. You just don't ever hear about this sort of thing. But it really goes to show how oriented towards this sort of uh, fan mindset that the Smiths had. They were very, very focused on what the fans wanted and how to best serve them. So let's talk about it. Track listing of Hatful of Hollow. So if we take it out and I have I have a copy uh, right here with me. So when we take it out, I mean we take it out of we take the vinyl out of the sleeve. Side one uh, features William It Was Really Nothing, the Smiths single. Uh, what difference does it make as appearing on The John Peel Show and uh, These Things Take Time appearing from The David Jensen Show, This Charming Man, The John Peel Show, How Soon Is Now, uh, the official release, which was the B-side originally to William It Was Really Nothing, um, Handsome Devil from The John Peel Show, Hand in Glove, the Smiths' original single, not the remixed one on the debut album. And Still Ill, uh, as, as it appears on the John Peel show. Over on the B-side, we have Heaven Knows I'm Miserable Now. Again, the single release. This Night Has Opened My Eyes, as it appears on John Peel show. You've Got Everything Now, uh, David Jensen. Accept Yourself, which is David Jensen, but interestingly enough, produced by John Porter. Girl Afraid, which was the B-side to uh, Heaven Knows I'm Miserable Now. Back to the Old House, the John Peel Show version that I mentioned. Followed by Reel Around the Fountain, also John Peel. And then finally, Please, Please, Please Let Me Get What I Want, which is the other B-side of William It Was Really Nothing. I've often been known to remark to uh, to other Smiths fans that Hatful of Hollow is just kind of the extended version of the William It Was Really Nothing single, because it, uh, it starts with William It Was Really Nothing, its major, uh, major midpoint to most people, I would say, is uh, How Soon Is Now, and it ends with Please, 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 Let Me Get What I Want. I mentioned earlier that Johnny Marr wasn't initially sure why Hatful of Hollow should be released. That, however, does not reflect his opinion of the tracks themselves. He said this, uh, 
After our first album came out, we realized that some of the versions of the songs on the album weren't as good as the way we did them on the John Peel session. Because of this, we put out a compilation called Hatful of Hollow, which featured those John Peel sessions, and as a result, they pretty much became the definitive versions of those songs we recorded for John. And I think they really do make for the definitive versions of these songs. This is not uh, a view expressed by every Smiths fan, but there are definitely some songs on here that I think most people agree they are the best version of these songs. If we just look at tracks that were also on the debut album, we have What Difference Does It Make? This Charming Man, kind of. We have Hand in Glove, Still Ill, You've Got Everything Now, and Reel Around the Fountain. Again, this isn't a view shared by every Smiths fan, but I believe that, especially in the cases of What Difference Does It Make?, Hand in Glove, and arguably, You've Got Everything Now. This is true, that these do become the definitive versions of the songs. Where the first album feels slightly overproduced because they were kind of just trying to do things at the time. They had, they had recorded the album uh, practically once with John Peel, once with Troy Tate, and then finally a third time with John Porter. They were probably getting getting a little sick of these songs. And so the very just straightforward John Peel sessions, very early John Peel sessions, make for some of the best recordings of these songs. Again, my opinion. So once they had all of this finalized, they ended up releasing the album on the 12th of November, 1984. It has since gone on to be very, very critically loved, as well as one of the most recognizable pieces of Smith's art with a blue uh, background, the Smiths at the top, underscored, hat full of hollow in a white text box, and a wonderful, wonderful model on, uh, on the front cover. In his book, Songs That Saved Your Life, uh, Simon Goddard uh, talks a little bit about the design of, uh, of hat full of hollow. The cover star. Credited as unknown Cocteau model, the image of a young man with a drawing from Cocteau's uh, Le Vivre Blanc, which I believe is French, um, and I apologize. Um, not for my accent, but for uh, France. Um, with a drawing from Cocteau's Le Vivre Blanc, the white book, tattooed on his shoulder, was taken from a 1983 special edition of France's Liberation newspaper commemorating the 20th anniversary of the artist's death. The model was Cocteau fan Fabrice Fabrici Colette. I think that's how you say it. Again, like, jokes aside, these are names that I'm not necessarily uh, familiar with in a language that I don't really know, uh, so I'm doing my best here. Of course, Morrissey, always a very... Uh, always a very forward-thinking individual, or maybe not a forward-thinking individual, but rather a fan-thinking individual, included uh, his famous uh, his famous matrices etchings. Uh, so in the little space between uh, the last track of each side and the paper label, 
Morrissey has hidden messages. On side A, uh, the impotence of Ernest, obviously being a play off of the importance of being Ernest by Oscar Wilde. The same message was also on the William It Was Really Nothing single. On the B side, Marr takes the pen, and he writes Ian Eyre, which is spelled E-I-R-E. It is widely considered to be a tribute to his younger brother, Ian, and his family, which they're, they're Irish. They're from Ireland. In The Gatefold Sleeve is a picture taken by Paul Slattery. Shout out, shout out to all of, my, uh, all of my Tumblr friends back in the day. Um, but an image taken of the band by Paul Slattery at Glastonbury 1984. It is Morrissey in a classic hearing aid uh, ensemble, a little necklace dangling from his uh, from his belt loop, Johnny in the back with his Ronette's hairdo, um, and he's playing what looks like the uh, the Red Gibson guitar. Although I would need to check some other things. Hold on. All right. So after reviewing. Uh, some other photos of the of Lastonbury and uh, looking online, it looks like he's holding either uh, the Gretsch uh, 6120 or uh, a Gibson 3312 string. Um, so not the classic red Gibson ES355 that uh, that he has. Moving on to Andy Rourke. Um, I'm sorry, I will not know the name of this one, but I believe it's a Yamaha. Uh, but Andy, uh, with with his bass showing off something that he's playing to Paul Slattery, and Mike sitting down and looking utterly bored. This is one of the one of my favorite sleeve designs in their entire uh, discography. I think it is very pleasing to the eye, uh, very wonderful. Oh, another fun fact with uh, the cover design is the sheet of blue that they uh, they decided to go with is actually just taken from that same uh, uh, from that same place that they got the photo um, in the French magazine at the time of its release. Uh, like I mentioned, it was widely w- well received. Although there were some people that thought it a little ostentatious for the Smiths to release a compilation album not even uh, not even a year after the release of the debut album. From publications such as Sounds, uh, there were very, very high praises of review, uh, citing the first album as missing something and that the John Peel sessions were really, really where it was at. Uh, And I'll quote here uh, from a little bit into the review, uh, which is, surprise, surprise, where Hatful of Hollow comes in. At last gathered together on vinyl, where they truly belonged are these these very same songs plus the last two singles and B-sides, and it's the perfect stopgap slash document depending on your prediction for the Smiths. Um... He also, uh, the writer for uh, this this review, Bill Black, also goes on to 
mirror something that I think a lot of Smiths fans have been saying for a long, long time, but is surprising to hear from a 1984 review. Um, he says, thoughtfully priced and luxuriously packaged hatful of hollow should be or should find place beside the Smiths in every collection. And then we want to hear those very early Troy Tate produced sessions and any stray collaborations with Sandy Shaw, right? Four stars. Um, not as happy with the album was Melody Maker, or at least Adam Sweeting writing for Melody Maker, who essentially says that Morrissey is a far more interesting individual to read than to listen to, and that the Smiths don't really have that great of music. Now, obviously, we, we know that's false, but I, I, I will give him credit. He he comes with a, a very cheeky line um, saying, Morris, uh, perhaps Morrissey should be read and not heard. Time he did the singles again, come to think of it, meaning the singles reviews in The Melody Maker, where Morrissey had written a couple. Regardless of... Uh, thoughts at the time, Hatful of Hollow has really stood the test of history. It has remained as one of the most defining pieces of wax that the Smiths ever put together. Uh, I would argue even more so than maybe their albums, minus maybe The Queen is Dead. I think that as a whole, it is one of the most interesting compilations to exist. One of the best b-sides compilations at that um i know i've shared this on the show before but hat full of hollow is one of the things that really really got me into the smiths and it represents the perfect idea of wanting something so 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 bad and having no clue how to get it i i, I feel like that is the theme ultimately of uh of the record and definitely of a lot of these early songs, something that a lot of teenagers especially can connect with. I believe it creates a lifelong obsession with uh, with the band. Consider, I guess, for example, the song Girl Afraid, a song about, uh, about two different perspectives over what I assume is the same relationship, or at least what I read as the same relationship, yet neither will say anything. Or, uh, the third song on the album, These Things Take Time, which, of course, I believe has one of the most touching tributes to, well, who who really knows, but, I mean, I, I, I feel like y- you might know. Um, but the third verse uh, says, Oh, the alcoholic afternoons when we sat in your room, they meant more to me than any living thing on earth. They had more worth than any living living thing on earth and of course morrissey caps it off with the oh so optimistic vivid and in your prime you will leave me behind this album is so full of this sort of yearning that in connection with wonderful wonderful packaging and i don't just mean like oh it looks nice i mean like as a product it's just so so perfect and then with the wonderful uh, atmosphere and sort of innocent ambition, I guess, of the John Peel sessions and David Jensen sessions, backed by 
the Smiths' most recent single, and definitely their most powerful one all around to date, including Willie Mitt was really nothing, How Soon is Now, and Please, Please, Please Let Me Get What I Want. And all at four pounds total, this is what the Smiths were all about. Um, I've seen the Smiths described as fame on a budget, which think they might uh they might refute that to some degree a little bit i don't know if they really wanted to be seen as glamorizing uh poverty or poorness or living on a budget or whatever i think it really is true for this early uh early sort of smith's era that they were very conscious of we don't have a ton of money our label doesn't have a ton of money and our fans don't have a ton of money. So we need to be able to do the best thing for them and for us. And it just turned out to be quite possibly one of the best things ever. All right. All right. I've said my piece on Hatful of Hollow. We've talked about the history of it, how it came to be, all of this other good stuff. If you have any more thoughts, please, please, please send them to me and we will get into our mail section later in the show. Uh, where I will tell you how to do that. But for now, let's move on to our playlist section of the show. All right. So I am the only guest on the show uh, for... Well, I'm not even a guest. I'm the host. What am I saying? But I'm I'm the only one on the show today, so I don't have to explain this to uh, to another. But I should explain it to you, listener. If you aren't familiar, uh, this section of the show is dedicated to us putting together something that you might like to listen to. Uh, we have a Spotify page with uh, with playlists that we add and update weekly for uh, for each episode. And for every episode that we release, we compile a playlist of 10 songs together, usually four songs from what we talked about in the episode, and then recommendations, what we really think you guys, as listeners, would enjoy experiencing. First off, our Smith songs. Let's figure out what the heck we want to put on here. You know what? Why don't we say this? Johnny Marr mentioned that one of the most impressive elements of the songs on Hatful Apollo was Handsome Devil. So let's have that be our first uh, our first song. And then maybe Back to the Old House. We mentioned that earlier in the show. And comparing that with uh, Back to the Old House from Louder Than Bombs. We will say... Ooh, let's go... Let's go Still Ill. I, I really love the harmonica on Still Ill. And I feel like it adds a much... Uh, a much different feel than just the sort of uh, muted chords that Johnny does on the debut album. And finally, um, hmm, what should it be? What should it be? You know what? Let's let's say these things take time, since I mentioned that one as well. And because I can't help myself, actually, we'll have we'll have five. We will go with the John Peel version of This Charming Man, because I love it. 
Um, and because also, I know a lot of people actually prefer that version of this Charming Man to the single release. That's not something that I necessarily agree with, but you know, I'm a people pleaser, so we gotta do it. And then as for some of my recommendations, I have a really eclectic mix for you guys this week. Um, so to start off, uh, we will go with Wallows. Uh, they released their album, their second album, I should say, in 2022. And the last song on it is Guitar Romantic Search Adventure, which immediately I connected with when I first listened to it. Um, because I feel like those are all of the things that I really, really love. And then we'll take it back, way back. Uh, well, all right, not way back. We're not going Gregorian chant or anything. Um, but we are going to Dean Martin. He uh, he has a song called Ain't That a Kick in the Head, which even though it is pretty much just a straight love song, I feel like it's pretty funny to have a love song called Ain't That a Kick in the Head. And I feel like that's very Morrissey-esque. And whenever I listen to it, uh, I want it to be a little bit more like that, and so I kind of spin it in my head that way. If we want pure, just teenage angst, then I feel like it's hard to do any better than than the Violent Femmes' first album. Specifically here, I want to highlight Confessions. Um, just such a good, like, kind of dynamic play that Gordon Gano really does in that song then for fourth song ninth of the playlist we will go with a song by one mr nate roos uh off of his solo album called it only gets much worse um i feel like this definitely fits in with the whole smiths thing it's one of the best uh very poetic lyrics that i've seen nate or rather that i've listened to nate Wright, and finally for my last song of the playlist i'm going to do a little bit of self-promotion here but i figure this is my show <laughs> so i have an ep that just came out today if you're listening to this at the time of release um it is called john hughes thoughts and i'm very 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 proud of it it opens up with a track called Dreamer's Anatomy, which uh, essentially presents this idea of being influenced by records and by movies and all of these ideas of love that don't necessarily fit with how things actually go. Um, and it makes you a little naive and unprepared for the world if you don't have those things right beside you and if it doesn't line up exactly with how you've pictured it in your head. The song is very influenced musically by the likes of the Manic Street Preachers or uh, David Bowie and, of course, the Smiths. There are a lot of musical references within the song itself, particularly towards the song Wild Horses by the Rolling Stones or by the Sundays, if you prefer that version. Um, but it is everywhere and it will be on this playlist. Again, you can find this playlist by searching up Smith Cyclopedia episode 17 on Spotify. Um, I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful time with it. And with all that being said, mail.
right, everybody. Welcome back for the mail section of the show. Um, this is the section where we open up fan mail and uh, just basically interact with the community. If you would like to reach out to the show, you can do so by emailing us at smithcyclopedia at gmail.com or you can find us on Instagram at smithcyclopedia. First off, I want to start off by apologizing to somebody that wrote in right after I hit submit on the last episode that came out. I opened up my email and I had an amazing email from you. So I am going to uh, to read parts of it now on the show. Um, so this comes from Leah, Leah G. Um, and she starts off by saying, I love the Smith Cyclopedia podcast, all capitals, exclamation marks, the whole whole thing. The idea of a fellow Smiths enthusiast hosting a podcast talking about the Smiths with guest speakers who also love the Smiths for other Smiths fans to listen to is genius. I'm in love. I have to admit, I came across the podcast a little late just yesterday, but I've been listening to it as much as possible since then. I'm already obsessed and excited to keep hearing what Kazmir, or if Kazmir himself is reading this, then you, which is me. Yes. Hi. Thank you. Uh... I'm already excited to keep hearing what Casimir and the guest speakers have to say. I discovered the Smiths somewhat recently. I found the Smiths on my own through my Spotify recommended, and after listening to them for a while, I mentioned them in front of my parents. My dad was like, wait, really? Apparently, he also enjoyed the Smiths as a teenager in the 80s and later listened to Morrissey once the band broke up. It's been cool bonding with him over that. He also listened to The Cure, New Order, The Sundays, and a bunch of other bands I love. I literally have to keep myself from not bothering him about it. Whenever I get obsessed over something, I literally talk about it 24-7. Haha. <laughs> and I I feel you. I am very, very much the same way. Um, and I feel bad for my family because of that. Uh, she continues, Anyways, I have recently become hopelessly obsessed with the Smiths, maybe even unhealthily obsessed. Coincidentally enough, I'm 16, uh, and I think you said that you started listening to The Smiths at 15 or 16, which is true, I did. She continues, So yeah, The Smiths have lately been my everything. They've helped me through stuff, the lyrics are very relatable, and the band is beyond unique. Like nothing I've ever heard before. Morrissey's voice is absolutely haunting, and I love the way he experiments in different songs. Johnny's guitar playing, OMG, I cannot get over it. He is so dang talented, and everything he writes is so catchy. I'm trying to teach myself to play the guitar because of him. Andy's bass is stunning. I never really listened for the bass line in songs, but oh my gosh. Because of Mr. Rourke, I now pay attention to the bass in every song, especially in every Smith song. Rest in peace, Andy. We love you. I love Mike on the drums. I honestly don't know anything about the drums. Let's see. What else do we want to highlight? This is this is a long email that Leah sent me. She also says, The first Smith song I listened to was Heaven Knows I'm Miserable Now. It's still one of my favorites to this day. I can't really choose a favorite, but I do love these songs so, so, so much. Symmetry Gates, Nowhere Fast, The Headmaster Ritual, This Charming Man, William It Was Really Nothing, Big Mouth Strikes Again, and Heaven Knows I'm Miserable Now. But don't get me wrong, I could list so many more, but it would almost be every song. Well, Leah also wrote back later on, and she did give me a couple more songs. Um... She says, uh, there are a bunch of Smith songs that I didn't include in my last email, some of my favorites. 
I feel like they deserve to be mentioned. Here they are. Wonderful woman, ask, I want the one I can't have. These things take time. OMG, the David Jensen session version, I agree. Uh, barbarism begins at home. Accept yourself. And I, yeah, I'm an accept yourself defender. Um, how soon is now? I don't owe you anything. Girl afraid and unhappy birthday. Since I sent the last email, I've been listening to these a lot more. It looks like Leah has also uh, looks like Leah has also spent a lot of time uh, going through the episodes in between the previous email and this one. After many listens while driving, I finally caught up on the episodes. I've learned so much. All of the guest speakers you invite are so fun and super cool. I loved learning about the different sessions. Embarrassingly, I admit I didn't know what Top of the Pops was before the podcast. Uh, when I was initially getting into the Smiths, I tried to watch every live performance I could find online, and I remember watching a Top of the Pops performance uh, and being genuinely angry. I was like, why is Morrissey lip-syncing? Why are Johnny, Mike, and Andy not actually playing their instruments? Naturally, I began looking through the YouTube comments and searched for someone that felt the same, but no one was talking about the fact that it wasn't a real concert. Obviously, I understand now, but my past uninformed self was enraged. Yeah, yeah, um, when I first, like, really started getting into the band and started watching all of those performances, like, they're all just listed as, like, the music videos, so I just thought the band was really committed to this, like, party-esque, uh, type of music video, which didn't make a whole lot of sense for me, but I guess I was like, well, you know, they want to be seen, and, you know, I guess the live performance and aspect of it is really what they want people to know. It wasn't until a while later that I really understood what Top of the Pops was. Uh, speaking more about uh, the show and the impact, uh, Leah says, I now listen to Bittersweethearts and Don't Get Lemon. I love Alyssa and Austin, plus the cat I heard in the background of the debut album episode. Uh, Hate to Love and Blow Up are such good songs. They're so talented, along with other band members. Side note, but I'm excited to hear the new EP you're coming out with. And thank you so much. I'm excited for you to listen to it as well. We already talked about the EP, though, so, you know, we'll we'll just scoot on past that. But thank you, really. I, I do appreciate that. Um, I apologize for the long emails and many Instagram comments. I was debating on whether to send this one because I know you are busy. These emails have been kind of like an outlet for me considering I don't have any friends who like the Smiths and my dad only enjoyed them at a normal level and doesn't listen to them much anymore. Sometimes I get very excited and don't realize that I'm being a little too much. Again, I apologize for this humongous essay of an email I've sent. Um... Please don't don't worry about like sending long or gigantic emails because I genuinely love them. I am so 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 happy to receive uh this sort of stuff from anybody. And if you are a listener and you feel like you don't have anybody to talk to the Smiths about, write in. Use use uh the Smith Cyclopedia email as a journal for being a Smiths fan, I guess. Um, I really, really do love that, and I'm so happy. Speaking of people reaching out to the show, though, you may remember the episode that I did on, like, Smith's merchandise and fashion t-shirts, all that stuff with, uh, I Wear the Smith's admin Lucy. Um, well, 
I was recently reached out to by Sean of Strange Ways NYC, which is uh, the page that we mentioned that essentially catalogs all of these, all of the Smiths t-shirts, merchandise, whatever, as much as possible. Um, so Sean reached out and said, randomly listening to your podcast and hearing my name, and then sent a photo of his, uh, of his workshop, I guess you could call it, um, his warehouse storeroom with, uh, with his computer open to an episode playing of our podcast and all of these Smith shirts just stacked on stacked at each other. And he says, I'm actually working on the book right now, small world. And so he said to give a little bit of an update on, uh, the project, um, he says, if you date my show in Japan, which was the um, the expo, uh, it was right on the cusp of COVID uh, 2020, and uh, it put a major snag in my plans and killed off most of the momentum I was building up. Plus, also having uh, children, I, 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 I'm kind of summing up here, plus having children, you know, it's also always a struggle to to get those sort of projects done. We talked for a little bit, and he said that the book is indeed still happening, which I am very, very excited about. Um, the book is going to essentially be a catalog of Smith's merchandise and uh, and a sort of history of it, which would have been so, so, so helpful in recording that, that episode that I did with Lucy. Um, he sent me a, a test print of the book just a picture i i don't have a copy that would be fantastic but he sent me a picture of the test print and it looks amazing um i don't know how much i am at liberty to say on that but if you guys don't already go follow strange ways nyc on instagram um and hopefully we'll all find out when the book comes out um so thank you so much sean for uh for reaching out i love that um, I'm so excited uh, for the book. And for anybody listening, five-star reviews really help us to branch out and to connect with more people. Um, it helps the longevity of the show because as it gets more introduced to more people, I have more opportunity uh, as the host to, uh, well, I'm just going to be honest here, to monetize it so that I'm able to really do this and be funded in doing it so that I can be able to make this for as long as as long as possible. I really do love this podcast and I love doing it, but I am also a, a, a poor college student, so um but anyways, this is getting way too much into into my own life. Um if you'd like to uh to leave a five-star review, I will also read that out on the show and uh, we will be able to, uh, we will be able to reach more people, like I said. Um, again, so if you'd like to reach out to the show, smithcyclopedia at gmail.com, smithcyclopedia on Instagram, or leave a five-star review. I look mostly at the Apple podcast reviews, um, but you can leave it anywhere. And if I don't read it out, message me to one of the other places and let me know, um, but I believe that is pretty much it for uh, for the podcast today. 
Thank you guys so, so, so much for listening and for supporting the show and for being uh, good friends and a fantastic fan base. And of course, just keep listening to The Smiths, throw on Hatful of Hollow, throw on the playlist that we made this week, and I will see you guys in the next episode. Goodbye. Goodbye.